Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. It's me, Chris Howard from Lace Partners. Thank you very much for joining us. It's duet day today. I've got Senor Max Bailey, who is joining me on uh, today's call. Max, how are you doing? You all right? Chris, great to be here as always. I tell you what, though, the uh, the weather is just about melting me at the moment. I've even gone so far as to start looking at possibly buying air conditioning. It's so hot. How are you finding it? Do you know what? My wife did exactly the same thing earlier on in the year. She bought it in like April. She said, I'm fed up. Last year it's hot and we couldn't sleep because our bedroom is like an extension. We couldn't sleep. And she said, I'm buying an air conditioning unit. I was like, we don't get enough nice weather in England. And the second that you buy it, it'll be terrible. The weather will be terrible the whole time. She went out and bought it. It's this big lumbering thing. But boy, am I glad that she's actually done that because it's hot at the moment. But yeah, uh, I would actually recommend it. Having been staunchly against that, I would recommend it. I will uh, I will definitely push that up the priority list then, Chris. <laughs> um, we are not here to talk about air conditioning units because this is a HR podcast and I'm not sure how, how many HR directors uh, will be uh, tuning in for 30 minutes of air conditioning chat. We are here, of course, to talk about the recent webinar that you um, hosted with Aaron and you hosted it. You hosted Matt Jolly from Aviva and also Joe Mundy from uh, Investec. And it was a really, really good chat focused on cloud and preparing for the cloud because it's certainly something that we have seen a lot of businesses talk to us about, engage with us about, and are very, very keen to look at what their systems look like and how they can start to implement a cloud system. So we ran this webinar. It was, it was an interesting one. You can certainly access that if you go to the Lace Partners website on uh, www.lacepartners.co.uk forward slash webinars. You can see all of our webinars that we do, and you can get an on-demand version of that. But what I wanted to do today is just to take 30 minutes, 25 minutes, so that we can distill down some of the key sort of reflections for today's podcast. And I'm going to start off, let's start right at the beginning which was the webinar when we when uh, Aaron and yourself talked to Joe and Matt you talked about motivations for moving to the cloud and of course Matt talked about how you know for them it's a software that they, they wanted to build a software system which can support their own growth and agility and then Joe echoed that by saying you know for us it's about that ability to change and grow but can you just give me some of your kind of reflections on the the other reasons why or the other reasons that we hear from uh, clients or anybody that we talk to about their motivations for getting into the, the cloud in the first place yeah definitely um let me just let me just think back so if you think of the context for for, for both joe and for matt it's worth it's worth mentioning that they are effectively the sponsors of the digital employee vision in in both of their organisations. They're both very experienced, um, you know, senior in their career transformation professionals, as well as as well as often, you know, having operational roles. So, so these are folks that, um, you know, it's great to be working with as long term long term clients of Lace, but it's also great to be able to share experiences with them and to and to bring value to, to their organizations, but also have an opportunity for LACE to, to sort of 
take take from them as well in terms of the, the things we're developing out. Now, in terms of the vision, it's part of the reason for that context is um, if you went back 10 or 15 years ago, many of the motivations for doing a transformation are similar to those that we're that we're hearing today, you know, from Matt, from Joe. It's about a better employee experience. It's about more integrated data. It's about lowering operating costs in aggregate, not necessarily just for the IT, but lowering operating costs across, you know, the broader HR organization and potentially across the, the you know, the full employee base of the organization. And it's it's often also about consolidation of existing systems and of course getting to the latest slickest tech because as we've we've talked about a few times um cloud is great but cloud isn't fundamentally magical it's the it's the next iteration of technology if you will it's more agile it's more the user experience is a lot better but it's still a set of technology that's underpinning a broader business transformation. So I think it's it's fair to say there's there's many many different reasons for moving to the cloud. Some of which we touched on um, in the webinar. Some we'll talk about today. But but those reasons are really I guess almost the next the next iteration or the next generation of why you would have embarked on a transformation program previously. And and if we think of these organisations um, or any organisation you know large organisation we're working with. Um, this is not the first time they've had a, a transformation cycle. Typically, what you'll see is every five to ten years, an organisation by business function will will have some sort of trigger to initiate a transformation. Things will then settle for three to five years, and then they'll be off on the next cycle. So, I think it's worth worth saying that you know, for Matt and Joe, they're embarking on really exciting digital people journeys, but this is really the the next cycle of an ongoing transformation journey we've seen for going on for years. Yeah. And then one of the, the parts of the conversation in the webinar that you guys then moved on to was about inevitably about COVID. And um, Matt and Joe both talked about, because the question that was asked is, has this sort of period of global pandemic accelerated their own sort of plans to the cloud. So I don't know if you could just touch on obviously what Matt and Joe had talked about, but then also from your perspective as well, your thoughts. Yeah, and I think I think first it's, it's worth spending 30 seconds just reflecting on what we mean by cloud. So if we think of it, I mean, cloud is such a generic term. Um, and I think I think in some ways, COVID has massively accelerated our, our move to the cloud, but, but more than anything else, that's in cloud services for joint working, for video conferences. You know, I, I think I probably could have counted on one hand the number of times I've done a, a video conference yeah. um, at, at the start of 2020. And now I think I do 20 a day, if you follow me, probably not 20 a day, but, you know, a reasonably large number a day. So all of those cloud services that that were about enabling remote working, be that Teams, be it Zoom, et cetera, I think the pandemic has massively accelerated the adoption of all of those collaboration tools, of those remote working tools. If we then look at cloud applications like HR, like finance, procurement, et cetera, CX, I think there has been an acceleration in adoption of cloud applications, but it's at a different pace. And, and part of the reason for that is deploying a new HR system, deploying a new finance system, a new core system of record takes a lot longer 
than deploying a new collaboration tool within the organization. So I think we're absolutely seeing an acceleration of the adoption of cloud applications, but it's just at a slower pace than you know the the, the mass move to cloud we saw for for um, collaborative working. Um, and you know the reasons for people wanting to move to cloud applications for back office and and for for front offices is all back to similar reasons. It's you know integrated set of data, being able to understand what what folks are doing, where they are, their health, their skills, um, but also to improve the accessibility of HR services and, and the ease with which um, employees in particular can access those services 24 by 7. Yeah, and I mean, that's obviously, that's one of the things that, that one of the questions that was asked during the uh, the webinar was about what are the expected benefits and you've just outlined them and again joe had mentioned about that employee improving that employee experience you know creating tools that are easier pe for people to use removing some of the uh, transactional pieces um, and it was i thought it was interesting um matt talking about the compliance side of it as well i thought that was quite interesting about how how that's changed but um a question that um Aaron had actually sort of said, um, which I thought was interesting. Um, he said he was a bit surprised with um, during the actual webinar, which was, um, do we get any do, do, do we get any worry from clients in terms of the potential costs of migrating across from a from a cloud solution to an on-premise? And Aaron was surprised with that because uh, what we talk, talked about was um, how cost wasn't for. Uh, cost wasn't always the biggest driver for the for the responders enough respondents that we had Matt and Joe, Joe on the uh, on the webinar but also for many companies that we're talking to you know cost isn't always the be all and end all it has an impact doesn't it but um it was interesting that the response that we got there yeah and i think i think that's as we're seeing the market maturing so if i think if i think back a few years um there was definitely a sense in the industry that cloud was a little bit magic. Um, you know, the stuff installed itself, upgraded itself. You, you know, you didn't have any IT costs going forward. And I think, I think what we're seeing as the industry matures a little bit, or quite a bit, really, is there's a general recognition that, um, you know, whilst your ongoing operational costs are likely to be lower with cloud, um, those are not just IT costs. That's going to be a, a reduction in some of your cloud support team costs and it's going to be a reduction in some of your your ongoing hr costs and potentially a reduction in some of your ongoing employee costs but you know the the cost of the software is not particularly cheaper than it than it was in in on in on premise so i think the the motivation of people moving to the cloud for cost savings i think it's i think it's still there but I think it's it's you need to look at it through a subtly different lens, which is the um, the motivation for moving to the cloud as a transformation business case, as it always would have been for a large investment. And if you're just doing it to cut costs in IT or in cloud support, actually we've got we've got many examples in the industry of where actually some of that promise hasn't been recognised. Um, partly because you know you you can't do without a cloud support team. Partly because there is ongoing cost for the software, and partly because perhaps it wasn't adopted as as well as it could have been um, because it wasn't treated as a as a full transformation program. And I and I think that's sort of the other dimension I'd reflect on around the the cost of the program is the reason people 
well, at least the reason the, the the clients that we're working with, the reason they want to move to the cloud is as part of the next iteration of of their organizational transformation, be that for HR or the employee experience, et cetera. <clears throat> and so they're so they're doing this off the back of a as much as possible fully formed business case, a fully formed case for change. And what that allows them to do is to treat it as a transformation program versus just a cost cutting exercise, if you see what I mean, Matt. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that was the interesting bit. And you specifically referenced this in the webinar. You talked about how it's not, as you said, not just cost cutting exercise, but how um, quite often businesses aren't seeing their sort of journey to cloud as part of a transformation project. So, you know, how difficult is that journey to the cloud? Do you think many businesses underestimate the, the level of work that's actually involved? Yeah, I think. I think they, I think a few, not so much today, but I think if you go back a few years ago, they definitely did. Um, I mean, if we if we think of the effort that's typically needed to support a transform transformational move to cloud for you know your core systems of record, and I, I mentioned the core system of record, your HR system, your your finance system, your CX systems. Spe specifically to distinguish it from, you know, moving to a cloud email platform, right? Moving to a cloud email platform is a very different type of cloud project than it than putting in a new cloud HR platform. Um, and, and so I think what we're seeing is the the effort required to move to your to move your back office applications um, to the cloud is still 60 to 70% of the effort that would have been needed to do the, the, a similar transformation for on-premise. Um, and, and I think that surprises a lot of people until they get sort of under the bonnet of thinking through what are all the things they need to do. Um, it's also it's also worth reflecting on, I guess, the change in skills that are needed. So whereas if you were doing a, an on-premise supported transformation, there would have been many or a larger proportion of the team would have needed sort of hands-on IT skills, much of which of course have now been commoditized and, and moved offshore. But, but the um, the more traditional or old school transformations on on-premise technology were much more technology centric in terms of getting the platform to work. What we see with cloud transformations is there's a, a move in the skills that are required it's not to suggest that IT skills aren't needed. It's not to suggest that data skills aren't needed, but the proportion of those skills in the implementation are less than they once were. And we see much more focus on sort of the business, on the organizational change, on, on getting the processes aligned and, and getting the data architecture right, rather than sort of the physical, focus on the physical movement of the data through sort of the, the technical migration, if you follow me. Yeah, 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 certainly. And um, just as a little bit of an aside for listening, a little bit of uh, additional reading or listening, sorry, um, for any of our listeners out there. Um, we did a podcast, Max and I, which was on the changing face and the evolution of the SI. And in that, we also talked about the different skills and and um, uh, different skills of individuals and how that is evolving, um, the types of people that are, are involved in these sort of processes. So definitely have a little listening to that as well. Um, I wanted to move us on and just talk about. So, in the in the webinar, we talked about the the motivations for cloud. 
we then talked about some of the areas around obviously you know uh, understanding that it's part of a transformation process that we talked about and uh, as we've just mentioned and um then the cost side of it is a, is a key part of it and the benefits that the business is expecting to get but then you guys started to touch on the the, the okay you've gone you've you've implemented your cloud uh, project you've in, implemented your cloud hr system uh, what does sort of an ideal post go live program look like so could you just reflect on that a little bit for me give me your thoughts on you know we've we've put the system in place now and what what does perfection look like post uh, launch. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see any transformation program that was perfection post-launch, Chris. But um, I, I think it's probably fair to say that um, if, if you're going to work in the transformation industry, if you're going to work in transformational change, be that you know purely organisational change or be that um, technology-enabled transformation, where, where my focus has always been, um, I think having a sense of humour about the journey is probably one of the. <laughs> One of the key things because there will be there will be hiccups on the road there will be sudden left turns when you thought you were going right for all sorts of reasons all sorts of reasons but um i think if i think if i think of most transformations post live uh, most successful transformations post live it's where the project team that's where the organization have thought of it as a transformation rather than a technology implementation it's absolutely true to say the technology needs to work and needs to be implemented it needs to have you know the data needs to be stitched together the integrations need to work the single sign on needs to be in place all of that good tech stuff the 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 workforces that are going to be using the system need to be enabled um, you know, there, there's you're not going to get a lot of traction out of putting a wonderful cloud HR platform live to a workforce who aren't enabled to access it either through you know smart devices or laptops, right? So it's not just about the core technology working, although that's incredibly important. It's also about ensuring that the adoption of the platform, of the new ways of working, of the new services, are enabled post live, and that can be things from ongoing change interventions or ongoing training on you know 30 60 90 day check-ins 30 day challenges um, ensuring that workforces are enabled having visible business sponsorship for the adoption of the new ways of working um, it can also be slightly more mundane things that that we have always done like making sure the system actually works and lives up as much as possible to to what was promised in the first place so i think i think the the key thing we see for really successful transformations is that recognition that go live is the start of the adoption journey not the end of the journey it may be the end of the first round of the of the technical implementation but it's the start of the adoption journey of the new ways of working i think also with cloud it's worth mentioning that because there is a new release every three months every six months depending on the provider um, the platform's always going to be evergreen. It's always going to be upgrading. And that ongoing, I guess, communication and training and adoption mechanism being in place as an ongoing story in the organization is is very important. Yeah, certainly. We're just coming towards the end of uh, the podcast today. And as I said, today's more of a reflection on the webinar. And so we certainly encourage, um, if you're listening to this, to, to log in and, and check out the, the webinar itself. It's it's about 55 minutes long, and there's lots of very interesting uh, bits of information in there on the journeys and the experiences of Joe and Matt. And we thank them very much for obviously being part of that webinar. But just before we wrap up today, Max, is there any other kind of final 
bits or reflections that you want to be able to give to our our listeners on businesses that are preparing themselves for that that journey and that migration to cloud yeah i think i think the thing that i would always reflect on is to to treat implementing cloud implementing you know your back office cloud applications as a transformation program rather than as a technology implementation um, it's going to put you in the right mindset to, to focus on maximizing the benefits and that's going to lead you very quickly in, in terms of getting the funding approved to think of it as a transformation program maximizing the benefits and and also helps you identify the degree of change you're envisaging around the new technology right the new ways of working are you also setting up shared service centers are you consolidating systems are you all you know all sorts of different different sort of levers across people process technology that the transformation is going to going to drive um, so i think first getting that that case for change the vision clearly articulated and underpinned by a strong business case really really important more important than ever given you know the the demand the demands on sort of the, the funding purse but then i also think as part of that and as part of the implementation costing for the program is making sure that you've done justice to the the effort that will be required to make the transformation a reality now that doesn't necessarily mean in investing in expensive external help it may be about building a capability in-house but it but it's about having an appropriate budget for embarking on the transformation and a very clear sourcing strategy of how you're going to build motivate retain the team for driving the transformation um, and avoiding as much as possible having you know core project team members doing doing the project as a side of desk hobby um, yeah. i think that's probably the key thing i would take away because the you know if i think of the biggest challenges we see in transformation projects that are running into 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 sticky water or you know stickiness it's it's to do with the having the right skills at the right time to drive the transformation and sometimes the the, the broader organizational buy-in so i think that case for change and treating it as a transformation program are the, the two most important takeaways yes yeah, certainly um from what you've been saying and certainly from the webinars all well, that um treating it as a transformation program if we're gonna have a, a one-liner to uh uh, to describe uh, one key nuggets takeaway that would that would be one of them but max absolutely brilliant as always thank you very much for just sharing some of your wisdom and insight on uh, on today's podcast so thank you for us, sir chris always always great to have these fireside chats with you yeah always good and uh, we'll speak soon no doubt we've got lots of interesting topics coming up coming up and i'm sure i'll hear the uh, the slow monotonous hum of an air conditioning unit in the background uh, when we do one of these recordings next time so on behalf of myself and on behalf of max we will see you next time uh, thank you for listening to the hr on the offensive podcast bye, -bye.